Let's talk about quantum theory. Let's talk about the parallel reality theory of the universe, or as I liked to call it and you hated, the trousers theorem. The theory posits that every action a person can take happens. It just doesn't happen all in the same place. In universe A, I kiss you. In universe B, I punch you in the gut and walk away. Two legs of a set of trousers. Popular theory. Makes people think that the universe cares about what they do. <laughs> it's all a lie, you know. All of it. People, people think they matter. People have to know that they matter. But you know, the multiverse doesn't give one solitary fuck about people. Not even you. Of course, I never understood any of that when you were talking about it. To whoever finds this recording, my name is Iska Kershaw. I am, was, a scientist working on the Vahan theorem. The physicist Vahan, not the mathematician. Fifteen days ago, my partner and I reached a critical breakthrough in our work that led to me, well, fifteen days ago, I was in an accident. Right now, I stand in a room that is both my bedroom and not my bedroom. The walls are pale gray instead of blue, the bedspread has a pattern of diamonds instead of small stars across it, and my carpet has been replaced by worn wooden boards. But the ceiling still slants awkwardly to the right, and when I look out, the window still overlooks that scummy little pond that's more dirt than water from the seventh floor of the building that should have been condemned long before I was born. At least, I assume that's what the window looks out onto. Right now, the window doesn't look out onto that scummy pond, Instead, it looks out into dark water. It isn't possible, but then, when has science ever cared about what humans think of as possible? The fact remains, I am standing in a building seven stories up, and my window currently wouldn't look out of place on a submarine, or a spaceship, I suppose. A rift in space-time. A look into another universe where this part of the world is ocean, or where the planet doesn't exist at all, I suppose. Deep ocean and the vacuum of space look very much alike. Both deep, black voids, both filled with unknowable, unimaginable things. The important thing is that the whale's back, out there in the deep water, its sickly pink hide covered in scars, massive yellowed eyes staring out to track my movement around the bedroom its mouth filled with even bigger teeth. <laughs> All the better to eat you with, my dear. <sighs> That's what it wants to do, I can tell. Every time it turns to catch a decent look at me with one of those huge eyes, I can tell it's thinking about how good I taste, what the crunch of my bones would feel like as it crushes those wide, powerful jaws around my spine. I used to work at a zoo when I was younger, before I worked at the Physics Institute. Just an unpaid internship, for the experience. You know how it is. 
Every job wants someone with five years of training, even for entry-level positions. Science, of course, is even worse. I was only just out of college. I didn't have the grades I needed to be hired immediately and had given up trying to get anything with a salary. Anyway, it was something to do. I'd always been good with animals. I remember there was a big cat exhibit. Now, most big cats are just bigger house cats. With bigger teeth and claws, of course, and if you try and pick one up, you're going to get your face clawed off. Though, if you try and pick up a house cat wrong, that will still happen. Most of the time, they're lazy. Giant piles of fur, happy to sit in the sun and stare at the people staring at them. And be fed by whatever lucky zookeeper got the job a few times a day. A lot of the time, that was my job, being the junior and all. Let me tell you, those buckets of raw meat stank, and kept stinking long after every bit of sinew and muscle had disappeared down a throat. There was one cat, a leopard. It was just the meanest thing, all battered and scarred, a rescue from some exotic pet trade. It didn't really belong in a cage, but there was no way it would have survived in the wild anymore not with the missing paw and eye. The thing is, though, that that leopard always had the same look on its face every time I went out to feed it. It was the look of a creature that was very clearly wanting to find out how I tasted. A look that telegraphed that the leopard was trying to work out exactly how delicious I was going to be, just as soon as it worked out how to get out of its cage. The whale looks at me the same way. What a nice snack you'll make, just as soon as I get over there. And that's enough of that. And once again, the windows look out onto a sunny spring day. I can see the oak tree outside, branches swaying in the breeze, and, of course, that filthy pond. I don't know why that works either. It just does. I turn on a light switch, and the whale along with the dark water, vanishes. Maybe it's the electricity. Maybe it's the photons. I don't know. It doesn't even have to be a working light. All I have to do is flick a switch and something in the universe shifts. The cracks in reality close up. Everything returns to normal. Someone's version of normal, anyway. I'm blaming quantum for that. That was always the favorite saying of a friend. A friend of mine. Let's blame Quantum for that. Yeah, we're blaming Quantum for that. <laughs> Let's blame Quantum for that. The whale will come back, of course. Sooner or later, I'll feel the hair on the back of my neck rise. And I'll turn around, and once again, I'll be looking out into dark water. The whale will be looking back. It's following me. Through the worlds. Oh, I... I haven't explained, have I? What's happening to me? I'm sorry, s My friend always did complain that I never put my notes in the right order. I would think, though, that it would be self-explanatory to anyone who knows of Valhan's theorems. But, of course, there's always the chance that you have no idea who that man was. 
because to you, he might not exist at all. Isn't that strange? A man who has shaped my entire career, my entire life, is nothing more than a name you heard on a recording that you found next to a dead body. Fifteen days ago, I was in an accident. Since then, I have been falling through realities. Different versions of the world. Alternate universes, however you want to call it. There are a lot of things that stay the same. I stay in my hometown. It's always late summer. No one else seems to even notice I'm here. And in every single one, the whale hunts me, waiting for me to make the fatal mistake that will let it eat me. I'm not ready to die yet. Of course, if I can't escape from it eventually, I won't have much of a choice. I'm running out of light switches for one, and... Well... There's one other thing that stays the same. I suppose I'd better tell you about the dead body. I'm blaming Quantum for that, too. It started when... Sorry about that. I hadn't realized that these tapes were the short ones. I must have picked up the wrong recorder for the experiment. Clumsy, stupid Iska. Wouldn't even find her own head if it wasn't taped on. I suppose I'll have to be more careful about how much I ramble. So, the body. The dead body, which you're going to find these cassettes next to. I hope you have something that can read the data off of these. If not, this is going to be even more futile than I thought it was to begin with. Rambling again, Iska. If you haven't ID'd the body already, his name is Cyril Layden. Or, at least, that's what I know him as. He responded to it at least before... Well... Well, before I shot him. You won't find any motive for why I killed him, at least not an obvious one. You won't even find me, save for my voice on this recording. I killed Dr. Layden. Is he a doctor here? Is it more or less polite to call someone a doctor if they haven't received the doctorate in this version of reality? Is this a set of manners that only I am ever going to have to ask questions about? Well, I am the only one falling through the universe as far as I know. Iska, the body. Focus on the body. <sighs> Dr. Layden was my lab partner in the reality that I am originally from. To be more accurate, I was his lab assistant. We were working on proving the Vahan theorem together. It had always been a passion project of his, and I... I needed a job in my field. Together, we staged an experiment. There's not enough tape for me to bore you with the details, even if I was inclined to share my intellectual property to a group of strangers I am never going to meet. During that experiment, I was caught in some kind of backlash, which led to me falling through our world into another. Dr. Layden, as far as I am aware, did not suffer the same effects as I did. I say this because Dr. Layden's alternate selves seem to be what keeps me in a universe for any given amount of time. Considering the whale situation, I don't exactly want to be tethered anywhere. Unfortunately, the only way I've discovered to remove the tether is to... 
is to remove the tether from the universe, which is to say, killing Dr. Layden. I am sorry for killing him. I'm sorry for all the versions of him that I've had to kill. He was my friend. I wish every time I meet him, I wish that this time the ending could be different. But then the world shifts at the edges and the hair at the back of my neck stands up and... And I know I don't have a choice. It's me or him, and I am not selfless enough to put Dr. Layden above myself. This might be the only time I've been selfish in regards to Cyril. So I shot him. You won't find a match for the fingerprints I've left. You probably won't even find the gun that matches the bullet wound in his head. I'm sorry. This is going to be a murder case with no evidence, save for the tape I'll leave for you. I don't have much long left, either in the tape or in this world at all. You see, when Cyril stops... stops being alive, there's nothing to keep me here. Nothing to trap me in this time, in this place. So I fall. The time it takes varies. Sometimes it's a few seconds, other times it might be a day or more. I've been waiting... half an hour? Maybe more at this point. I've honestly lost track of the time. Just sitting on a version of my bedroom floor, staring at si Dr. Layden's body. Sometimes it's easy to imagine that he's just sleeping. Most of the time my eyes can't focus on anything but the blood, but sometimes they catch on his face. The birthmark under his eye, his mouth slack like he's threatening to start snoring. He would always fall asleep in the lab if I didn't remind him to leave it. I've seen him unconscious across many a desk, or upright in his chair. And, yes, a few times, directly on the floor. It started. I'm falling. The world's going thin at the edges. That's it. I'll leave the tape by the body. Whoever finds this, whoever is in charge of this case. I'm sorry. I had to do it. Don't bother trying to find me. In a few seconds, I won't exist in your world anymore. Iska and the Whale is produced by Cup and String Podcasts. The voice of Iska is Danny Twitch. Sound design by Dakota Snortrax Medina. Written and directed by Ellen Lowry. If you would like to support this podcast, please go to ko-fi.com slash cup and string pod. Thank you for listening.